Welcome back into the Dead Arm Sports Podcast. Josh and Jell are here recording on Wednesday boys. night. It is your boys. And we have a big show. Got our Super Bowl preview. Have some news to dive into. My opinion, the best tournament in golf is this week. So we've got that preview for you today. And then tomorrow we're going to have some prop bets and just some other fun uh, Super Bowl memories. So a couple huge shows packed for you. Super Bowl themed. But uh, Jell, how are you doing today? Coming off a uh, hell of a day of work, so excited <laughs> for that to be uh, pretty much wrapped up and uh, getting on to something that I actually enjoy, which is, you know, talking football, talking sports. So let's Absolutely. let's get her done. Absolutely. Let's uh, go, baby. What are you uh, drinking to wash away the work memories of the day? <laughs> drinking the only option that I have that can do that job. Galveston Island Double Vision. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> 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 as most of you know we do record two episodes in one night so i'm going to apologize in advance for our friday show <laughs> <laughs> hey it's a friday you know yes exactly i am rocking a yingling today so have uh, hey. very 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 few left so i was gonna say you, you gotta be running down, low on those those yep. bad boys i'm lucky oh, yeah. enough to be able to just run down the street and grab some but you had to uh bring those all the way from uh from tennessee, tennessee? yeah so, yeah, lucky, lucky me. Yeah, I guess when you come down and visit and we get to, you know, we'll have to make sure that's on the menu for yes. <laughs> for us to get our sip on. That's some cold Lone Stars. <laughs> yes, sir. The old McConaughey. Yes. The all old right, McConaughey all right, all beer. Right. <laughs> Speaking of beer, this, uh, so I'll be moving soon, as you know, in a, you know, in the next, uh, next, in the upcoming weeks. But I'm going to start taking, you know, I'm going to start taking down some stuff. This might be the last, you know, our last pairing of episodes where you'll be able to see that beer shelf behind me. Oh, man. That one's, yeah, Bummer. so it might be, a, might be a bare wall for you to be looking at. Uh, you're just going to oh. have to stare into this glory, these glorious eyes. Did you say uh, a bear's wall? <laughs> hell no. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you got behind you, buddy. <laughs> oh, cubs, cubs. That's true. Well, they are <laughs> well, they are technically, technically a bear. Yeah, true. <laughs> we can be found at Dead Arm Sports, Twitter, Instagram. Check us out on Facebook, Dead Arm Sports. Be the first thing that pops up. Subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on your favorite listening platform. Send us in a screenshot of that review. Get you some sticker swag out in the mail. If you'd like to follow your hosts on our personal accounts, Gel can be found at Das Gel. That's at D A S J E L. I can be found at DasJPEC, that's at D-A-S-J-P-E-C. Got Send it right this time. Any questions, comments, concerns? Yes, I did. <laughs> and we're uh, more than happy to answer those. Still have that 100% hit rate. Otherwise, Gel, before we get into the preview here for the Super Bowl, had just a couple news topics, one NFL, and then we'll dive into a little bit of college basketball quick, but... Got some more details on that Alvin Kamara video out of Vegas, one I guess, nice thing about Las Vegas, for at least investigation-wise, there are cameras everywhere. So this was bound to get picked up on video. Police uh, article came out, uh, saw this on ESPN, that video shows Kamara putting his hand on a guy's chest as they're about to get into an elevator. It looked like Kamara was with um, some of his friends, his entourage, I guess you'd say, and I don't know if they just didn't want the guy on the elevator with them or what was going on, but the other guy pushed his hand away, and then all of a sudden it sounded like some of the guys that Kamara was with punched the guy, and then it's reported that Kamara threw eight punches on the guy, and the guy fell to the ground, and then some of the other guys were stomping him with their feet and everything. So it sounds like the gentleman's got quite a few fractures and not uh, not an ideal situation, that is for sure. Yeah, I mean, the guy ended up having to go to the hospital for that. And, you know, once you, I don't know if the guy, you know, the <laughs> if, if 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 a guy, says, you know, puts up their hand and says, don't come in this elevator, you know, that's obviously the first impression is like, no, dude, we're, like, we're good. We're, you know, don't come in this elevator. And, and you just push the guy's arm away to get in. Like, you're kind of asking for. You know, especially what time was it? I believe it was like 6 a.m. 
Yeah, it was in Vegas. So late night. You know that everybody's had a long night of you know whatever activities uh, happen in Vegas, and you know you do that kind of stuff. It's like you're asking for it, but at the same time, man, if you're Kamara, you can't be doing that kind of stuff, or if you're in uh you know as as you ordered a Kamara's entourage or you know whatever you know his his uh you know the people that he's with they also at the same time can't be reacting that way and you know this is all at this point all we have are reports a police yep. report and and the report of what the video showed but that's a, that's the same thing that we had with Ray the Ray Rice incident was just a report of what the police saw in the video and we had and the same thing with Kareem Hunt when he when he hit that woman it was just a report of what he'd done and both times those videos came out I can't <laughs> TMZ they always managed to get their hands on these videos so I would not be surprised if this video goes public and that's going to change the perception of Kamara as you know as a human and it and it that's that could very very seriously affect his future in the NFL. I I wouldn't say long term, but who's I mean, there's no reason to believe that he wouldn't that he won't receive a pretty significant suspension for this, especially once that video comes out, knowing the history of the NFL and how they've dealt with, you know, uh, with discipline in the past regarding videos. The other thing too, I mean. The guy's already down on the ground. You already gave him a nice, you know, nice shot to the face. The guy's already down on the ground. If you just, you know, it, from what it sounds like from that report, if Kamara's just saying, you know, putting his hand out and saying, like, no, dude, take the next elevator. That's what I assume he put it, why I assume he put his hand out. Is saying, like, dude, get, like, we're good. Uh, at that point, once you got the guy on the ground, like, shouldn't you just kind of be like, hey, let's go. Let's move on. We don't want anything. There's a reason we didn't want this guy in here in the first place because we don't want to be involved with this guy. Now you're gonna go and you know you you got you got your sucker punch in. Now you're gonna go stomp on the guy's head, and stomp on his body. I I heard he took I believe it was 16 stomps were in total to between his body and his head, to the point where he ended up hospitalized. <laughs> That's and like you said, facial fractures fractures in his body. That's not good. So I don't know. I I think there's going to be some pretty heavy discipline come that comes down and and again, you know that I you have to know this video is going to end up coming out to the into the public, and it might not be too long. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if it was if it comes out before the Super Bowl. Yeah. No, we'll have to see what ends up coming from this. Again, it's all just kind of speculation other than just a video report right now, which again, like you had mentioned, Joe, hasn't been released yet. We haven't actually seen it, but just kind of going off of reports from that. But yeah, I mean, Ray Rice, uh, Kareem Hunt, those suspensions were pretty heavy. So I would imagine if the video shows uh, what has been reported so far, there's going to be a pretty heavy suspension going down i don't believe the video at least from what i was led on with the article had any volume or anything like that so you don't know if they're what was said back and forth or anything like that but still i mean you're a professional athlete like you got to get yourself out of that situation and just i don't know but i'm obviously neither of us are <laughs> professional I yeah, athletes I mean, who and knows, who not knows in what, that situation what, that, but and, and, still and who knows that who knows what led up to that maybe that dude was you know getting on Kamara's case all night long or, or people in, you know, the, his, in Kamara's group's case all night long, you know, getting up in his face and, and, and maybe Kamara was being really, you know, if this went on for hours and Kamara the whole time and his, and his, and his, you know, people that he was with, if it was, if they were, if he was bugging him the whole time all night long for hours and they did a, and they did a fine job of, you know, not, selling any wars you know any any battles any conversations at the club or wherever they were at the at the casinos wherever they were again we don't know where they were or or if this guy or if they had or if they had just first they finally just first met this guy while he was trying to get on the elevator that it's one thing if you know the guy was in their face from you know 1 a.m on and was bugging him for five hours and and kamara and his and his, you know, the people that he was with, they were just like, dude, put up their hand. They're like, dude, like, 
let us like we gotta get out of here and this was the final straw when he finally like that's one thing and then you know that kind of deserves a little bit you know that kind of at that point you kind of deserve to get you know a nice sucker punch into the face for being a total asshole but if this was you know they had just first met this guy and he's like dude just let me on and he tries to get on and and that's how he took the punch who knows we we don't again we don't know the details that led up to this so it's too hard to speculate but either way once that video comes out it's gonna look it's obviously gonna do kamara no favors hopefully we get some details that helped lead up to that incident or if there were was anything that led up to that incident and Kamara can kind of clear his name and his people can kind of clear his name and but we'll, we'll see we'll see again we don't know we don't know this at this point so it's hard to say what the outcome's going to be no absolutely all right moving into the college basketball world had a big rematch last night in the big 10 wisconsin traveling to east lansing michigan to take on the michigan state spartans Michigan State got the better of Wisconsin when they came to Madison uh, about a month ago or so, and Wisconsin ends up getting the victory here. 70-62, to 62, and really, they looked to be in control this entire game. They got off to a real nice hot start, and, you know, Michigan State tried to make a couple runs in the first half, but never did, and... And there was there was one point in the second half. Wisconsin goes into the into OT, or into a halftime with I believe it was a seven point lead, and and they, they looked to be again they were in control that entire first half. Second half starts kind of started off the same way as the first half. You know, teams trading points for the most part, and then at about the you know middle of the second half, Michigan State made a pretty decent run to make this game real close. They never took the lead. But made it real close, and then Badgers just ended up, you know, going on another run of their own and pulling away at the end. But this is the difference between this Badgers team versus past Badgers teams. With when you don't on these past teams with no star player, you know, Michigan State goes on a run, and you got nobody that's gonna be able to score at an elite level. I guess really since that. You know, maybe the Kaminsky-Sam Decker teams, realistically. I mean, there were some good point guards in between those teams, but the surrounding cast wasn't, was far from phenomenal. And now, but now you got Jordan Davis, and you know, and he's been putting up points. Johnny. Jordan Davis, wow. Johnny Davis, (laughs) yes. (laughs) He went off for 25 points, six boards, and, it, you know, it was amazing the variety of ways that he's able to score. I mean, he's able to finish, again, I, and I've said this before, but, you know, just, just looking at some of his individual plays that he's making, I mean, he's able to finish in the post on drives. He's able to, you know, get, make some, make a step, you know, make step back threes. Mid-range game on the block is really strong. He can spot up and make threes. I mean, he can literally do it all, and he's going to end up being an All-American. I, you'd think has to be an All-American first-teamer. And if that's the difference between this team and last year's team and the team before that is just, you know, you have that guy. And what was also impressive, Brad Davison went 2-for-10 on the night. Yeah, he was terrible last night. With, with just, you know, he hit two threes, but... So he really didn't, I mean, Davis didn't really have much of a, you know, you're normally Davison is his right-hand man kind of when it comes to the offensive game. And and Davison always, he always, uh, you know, contributes in other ways, whether that's scrappy defense, you know, running down, making, you know, making play X, Y, Z, nice passes here and there, <laughs> being the most annoying defender of all time and taking some of these cheap-ass charges that he does, which is why the entire rest of the Big Ten hates him. Yes. But, uh, you well, know, he's... the fact he's been there for, like, ten years. <laughs> it's literally... He's on, like, year six or seven right now. It's insane. Uh, but this is the... But Johnny Davis is the difference here. And I say... I got his name right this time. <laughs> boy. <laughs> Progress. Uh, no, he's the difference this year, and he's going to be a first-team All-American... And hopefully, and this is, but this is the type of player that you need to a win a Big Ten title, win a Big Ten tournament title, and make some sort of a run in the in the end when it comes to the March Madness and the full blown NCAA tournament. 
we've had fine Badger teams before, but you know, in recent years we haven't had that star, and that's what you need. So it's incur- obviously incredibly encouraging. Only downside is, I mean, he has really at this point no choice but to go to the NBA after this season. He's just had an incredible year, but uh, let's let's rel- let's relish in this success this season. Tyler Wall has been fantastic too. He was out for that first Michigan State game, mm-hmm. yep. so that was a huge factor last night, especially in the first half. Tweaked his ankle a little bit. Chucky Hepburn played a solid game last night too. He was huge, stepped up in Brad Davidson's, I guess, <laughs> bad performance as far as shooting-wise went. So, no, just a great team effort, and that was a bread-and-butter final score for them. If the Badgers can keep their opponents in the 60s, That's they're going to win a lot gold. of their games. And Well, and, and even, before, they, even before the game, you heard there was Izzo was saying before the game, you know, with Tyler Wall being back, that's a difference maker because they didn't have him in the first game in that first matchup and and Izzo was saying this is something that we hadn't that we didn't need to account for before and having him there it showed that yeah he did he does make a big difference in that Badger lineup another result from last night Arkansas at home knocks off Auburn in overtime gives Auburn their second loss of the season <laughs> I don't know if you just heard Sonny do like a nice screaming yawn there oh no I did might, not might, might be in the podcast <laughs> nice <laughs> like, that's why I'm laughing over here that's funny but no Auburn that was their first loss of the season since playing UConn earlier in the year first SEC loss I don't really see too much of it. It's tough to keep winning, especially on the road in conference play. So, But still notable, Gonzaga's probably going to jump up into that one spot, I would think, when the rankings come out next week. Yeah, I was going to ask, you know, I mean, I, for me, it doesn't do much, and you pretty much just answered this question, but I was going to say, you know, I mean, do you think this affects anything when it comes to how you think they'll play in the tourney and and how they'll be end up being seated at the end of the year? It sounds like no. It, no, I mean, they still absolutely so. deserve to be a number one seed. And, and again, nobody goes undefeated. So Rarely having an have. overtime <laughs> loss to an SC, to you know a conference opponent on you know on your opponent's floor, not a huge you know not a big concern for me. So, but yeah, I don't know. It, it didn't. I don't. Again, I, this didn't expose anything for them. Sometimes you just you know you can't win every game. That's just kind of what it comes down to. Yeah. No, and sometimes too, like with those teams that are up at the top of the standings, I don't mind seeing a tough road loss to them during the season either. Like that just to me kind of gets them back in it. Like, okay, not invincible and I don't know. Some, I yeah, I mean, it, there's there's such a thing as a good loss. So that's not just a cliche. This could help propel, you know, th- this this is like, like Nick Saban always seems – he almost seems more optimistic after a regular season loss than he does after a regular season win. Because if he, you know, he goes in and wins every game, yeah, he can go and, you know, when they break down film, he can go and be like, yeah, you failed on this play. But after a regular, you know, to, to his individuals, but on a, in a regular season loss, he can go into that locker room and say, all of you guys didn't do enough. You all let us down, and and he can you know he can kind of help unite the team and and be very inclusive in you know saying the entire team didn't get the job done. And I don't know. You you saw Saban. You saw Nick Saban after the uh, national championship game. He was almost like smiling when he lost to Kirby Smart. And yes, he loves that the fact that you know one of his disciples won. I'm sure. Rather, he'd rather lose to one of his, you know, one of his mentees than Urban Meyer or something. Uh, but at the same time, now he can go into next season. He's got now an entire off season to say we failed, and and that's something that Bruce Pearl with Auburn he can do. He he can he's now got that motivation. To say we didn't do this as a team, all of us didn't get the job done this if we want to win a title obviously this won't fly we want to win a title we can't be losing to arkansas no <laughs> so that's got so that's going to be a huge i think like you said that's this is going to be a, this is a good loss for 
Auburn and and maybe their final loss of the year. Who knows? We'll see when the uh, when the SEC tournament comes around. But I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked if they finish off this regular season undefeated and then you know get into con- conference tournament play and they could run the table again there and and just ride it out into the NCAA tournament. Yeah, inside the SEC, it's pretty much just... I mean, Tennessee's got a pretty solid program. They've been ranked most of the year, and Kentucky. Kentucky looks like they're back. Kentucky's got... Win last night against South Carolina on the And they, they so. may end up having... You know, it's it's still between Kofi Coburn. Right now, it's really Kofi Coburn, uh, Johnny Davis, and then a player from Auburn and a player from Kentucky. So Kentucky's no slouch. They're they're right there, and they, they may end up as a one two seed as well i have to give an olympic shout out here we don't talk much olympics here on the show but uh, (laughs) have to give an olympic shout out to my uh i guess my my sister from another mother Lindsay jacob ellis (laughs) she won her first career olympic gold she's been doing this for you know i mean I mean, it's got to be, it's over a decade. She's been to three or four separate Olympic, uh, separate Olympics, if not five. And she finally won her first gold as a snowboarder. And, uh, she, in, in the snowboard cross event. So Lindsay Jacob Ellis, hey, my, my, uh, <laughs> my, my cousin was saying I need to get married to her and hyphenate my name so that it's Jacob Ellis hyphen jacob ellis which would just be absolutely amazing or you could just take her name and you could be jacob jacob ellis jacob jacob ellis (laughs) yeah (laughs) undefeated never lost (laughs) that's hilarious (laughs) all right so let's move into the super bowl preview here it's uh Finally, that in-between week of the Super Bowl is, or the Super Bowl, the Pro Bowl is over. That is usually the longest wait, I feel oh my like, that gosh. stretch from the championship games to the Super oh, Bowl. Thank but. God we had, you know, we had the AT&T the past, last weekend Beach, to at least yeah. occupy, you know, some time on Sunday, but... Yes. Nothing, but but still, the, it, the, this two-week stretch is always a bear. Yeah. Got Los Angeles Rams as the away team facing Cincinnati Bengals in the Los Angeles Rams home stadium. So go figure there. Rams are gonna be uh, in. They're gonna be in the visiting team locker room. No, that's the best part. That's the best part. I think I heard that they're staying in their own locker room, and the really? Bengals are taking oh. the Chargers locker room. Oh, yep. I would, that would have been so funny. Would have been hilarious. <laughs> Rams currently right now, again, we're recording on Wednesday, four-point favorites, 48.5 point over under in this one. If you're looking for our prediction on who we think is going to win, you're going to have to tune in tomorrow to find out who Jell and I are locking in as our Super Bowl winners along with MVP. How's However, that, a te- we do how's want that for to- a tease? Oh, yeah, big tease. But we're going to run through just a couple of topics here and going to kick it off, Jell, and kind of want to get your take on this. Are the Bengals going to be able to protect Joe Burrow in this one? We saw the Bengals in their first game against the Raiders gave up two sacks to Joe Burrow. Not a huge issue. But then when the Bengals had to go to Tennessee, Tennessee, their pass rush is okay, but they gave up nine sacks in that game. Last week against Kansas City, ended up turning it around, ended up giving up one sack, but Joe Burrow's gotten sacked 11 times so far in this postseason, and this is arguably going to be the best pass rush that they have seen so far in the playoffs with this Rams front group. You got Floyd, Aaron Donald, Vaughn Miller. I mean, it's they're going to be ready to eat. <laughs> oh, I don't I don't think that it's question that it's questionably the best pass rush, best front seven they're going to face. I think that that's 100% locked in. The Bengals really have they their left tackle is strong. The rest of that offensive line is not good. And I don't know, that's that's I think that that battle is really what's going to end up deciding this game because if you if you outside of that front 7 versus the offensive line on both sides, which which the Bengals do have a pretty decent uh, defensive line front seven as well. You know, Trey Hendrickson is is awesome. 
but I don't I don't know, that's gonna be the biggest question. I mean, how do you how do you stop Leonard Floyd on one side, Von Miller on the other side, Aaron Donald in the middle? Those are <laughs> two and Von Miller's been playing the last couple weeks, he's been playing in a pretty similar way that he did when he was in his prime in Denver. Yeah. And maybe really just good. knowing that A, I'm on a winning team and I'm gonna I'm gonna bust my ass for us to make or win a Super Bowl, get his get himself his second ring. Maybe that's part of the motivation. But I, I man, dude, I, I, I thought Von Miller was done. And so I was ab- obviously incredibly shocked. And we I've said this before. I was incredibly shocked when they gave up a second and a third for him. But uh, to, gave that up to Denver to bring Vaughn over. But it's it looks like it's paying off because that dude seems to be back into form. And he's a huge reason why they're in this game. And that's just, that's part one. Leonard Floyd on the other side, underrated beast. I wouldn't, I, I would not be shocked if, because he's both, he's both dominant in the pass rush and in the run game. And if he's going to be, so if you have Von Miller on the left side against their weaker right tackle, you have Leonard Floyd on their, on the, uh, on the defense's right side versus the Bengals stronger left tackle. I think that's probably how they should line it out uh, for for the Rams' sake because Leonard Floyd is just, I mean, he's just an absolute monster, and he's going to be able to expose that that Bengals' right tackle an insane amount. And the fact, the, the other thing too, again, this Bengals' offensive line, their guards aren't very strong, so if you have to... <laughs> what do you what do you choose? You've only got five offensive linemen. You got three amazing pass rushers. You can only really you have to absolutely double, potentially triple team Aaron Donald. Yeah. So that's your center and both your guards. If you're gonna triple team him, or you choose one of those guards to with the center to double Aaron Donald, and then that's gonna leave one of your tackles exposed. Plus, plus the Rams usually run out. Or a lot of times they'll run out a fourth, either a fourth D lineman or an additional pass rusher up the middle. So that's really gonna, that's the biggest key. For me, that's easily the biggest key to the game is can Burrow get rid of the ball quick enough? Well, A, I think can the Bengals establish a running game yeah, early on? And B, you know, it, if they're unable to, then Burrow's just going to have to try to dice it up against this run game or against the this this pass rush. But what I mean, you it sounded like you were saying something about establishing the run game. Can, what do you think? Yeah, no, that you took one of my big keys away from that. I think the Bengals immediately are going to have to come out of the gate establishing the run. Joe Mixon's going to have to help take some of that pressure off of the offensive line and off of Joe Burrow. If that's not working, they're going to have to get the screen game going, get those quick passes out to Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. They're going to have to do something so that way they can start taking shots deep because that's where they have excelled quite a bit in the playoffs, the regular season, getting that deep ball to Jamar Chase. So they're they're going to have to get that ball out quick and limit this. And like you had mentioned, I don't know if that is – Obviously, you're going to have to double-team Aaron Donald, and then I don't know if you focus more on Vaughn Miller or Leonard Floyd because, like you said, they're both phenomenal there, and you know that they're going to be hungry and coming after Burrow. So it's that's this is the matchup that I am most looking forward to, I think, is just this offensive line versus this Rams front seven defense. And what's, what's scary is that Aaron Donald's, you know, he said going into the playoffs, he doesn't – his only – the only thing missing from his resume, and this is true, the only thing missing from his resume is a is a ring. Yep. Because he's he's got three defensive uh uh MVPs. defensive MVPs. He's been an All Pro, however many times. I mean, there's nothing left for him, and he'll probably be defensive MVP this year. That would make it four. He's got nothing else to that he needs to. He he's working on becoming the bet, you know, being known as the best defensive player of all time. Right now, Lawrence Taylor, Reggie White, is there anybody else that you want to throw in there on that list? I mean, you could throw in a number of DBs, I'm sure. Strahan. Michael Strahan, yeah. But it's I, I don't I don't know if I've ever seen this level of dominance 
No. From from Michael Strahan. I never got to see Lawrence Taylor. You saw you saw more Reggie White than I ever did, but yeah. But we haven't seen it from an interior but defensive that's the lineman either. Is this so. is an interior, <laughs> yeah. an interior down lineman where Lawrence Taylor, upright linebacker, Strahan, Reggie White on the ends. This is an interior D lineman that literally affects every single play as soon as that ball is snapped. Yep. There's a pretty easy argument to make that he's maybe the best defensive player of all time, and that's and that's insane. So he needs to he needs this ring to. You know, we don't judge. It's not like we judge D linemen the same way that we do quarterbacks, where rings are all that really what matters. I mean, there's a reason why we thought, you know, we had Joe Montana as pre Brady. Everybody thought Joe Montana's historically the best quarterback ever, and then Brady surpassed him. But nobody ever thought Joe Montana was a more talented player than Dan Marino at least in terms of just arm talent. No, we, we count quarterbacks by rings. We don't really do that in the same way with defensive players, especially down down linemen. But getting the ring is going to would definitely help uh, kind of jolt Aaron Donald into that, you know, seriously jolt him into that conversation of potentially him and Lawrence Taylor as the best defensive players of all time. Another matchup I'm looking forward to quite a bit is just the battle of rookie Jamar Chase going up against Jalen Ramsey. You know that Jalen Ramsey is going to be wanting to guard Jamar Chase, and he's going to see a heavy dose of Jalen Ramsey. That's going to be so much fun. It's going to be an absolute blast to watch. And even if they're on opposite sides of the field, T. Higgins is going to be lined up against him, Tyler Boyd. So it'll be be fun to see what Jalen Ramsey can do in this and – like I said, Ramsey this year, I don't think he's looked as dominant as he has been in the past. I've seen him in numerous games this season get beat, which usually well, he, got, hasn't he got burned in the past. on that. Uh, he got burned late in that uh, that divisional round game against the Bucks. Yeah, and he let up that late. He let up that that really long touchdown from Brady. Yep, got burned a couple times in that Packer game earlier on in the regular season. So. I don't know. They should be able to get Jamar Chase going, but again, that'll be a fun matchup that I'm I'm looking forward to. Yeah, Chase is I I for me, it's I think Chase is I think that Chase I don't I I don't see Chase necessarily beating Ramsey deep because Ramsey knows that that's Chase's best weapon is his downfield speed. What I could see happening though, and we saw this against the Niners a couple times where Ramsey would back off quite a bit thinking, you know, receiver X is going to go deep and Ramsey would back off. And then that receiver would just pull off the route and catch an out, catch a, you know, something a little bit more underneath. That's also where Chase can make his, you know, kind of make a little bit of magic happen, you know, catch, you know, maybe catches like a 10 yard dig and, and then turns around, makes a move or two on Ramsey, and gets because he's got if he's got five yards of space, you know that's that's more than enough space for Chase to make a move, and that's where I could see Ramsey getting burned pretty hard by Chase. At the same time, if Burrow's late on any of those types of routes, that could get bad. That's when <laughs> Ramsey is gonna just absolutely just just make those plays because yeah. I think Ramsey's. He's got to be kicking himself after dropping that pick against the oh, Niners. Yeah. That would have been easy pick six. That's a pick six, and I think Without he's he's got that mindset of I'm gonna get one this game. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a pick or two, and I'm and and hopefully a touchdown. That's that's gonna be his mindset, and 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 maybe Chase can expose him to that because Chase is a really sharp route runner. So if he does, you know, kind of like a stop and go, you know, eight yards downfield stop and and. He's an amazing route runner. So if he, I could see Chase really selling that stop route. Ramsey, little pump fake. Ramsey comes up and Chase goes deep. That's where I could see Ramsey getting beat deep. I think I have to still give the edge to Ramsey, but you know that his style of coverage is he's a gambler. Yes. And that's where somebody like Chase with his route running ability and with his wheels can make a can can bust out one of these one or two of these big plays. So 
my my next, I guess you know, just jumping off of that, yeah, Tyler Boyd and T Higgins versus the rest of that secondary. Do you have a lean one way or the other? Because I mean, I I would think I I go and see T Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Usama versus the rest of that secondary, the rest of that pass defense. I I got to go advantage Bengals there. Yeah, no, I absolutely do, and I think Burrow is going to be focused on whatever receiver is not lined up opposite Jalen Ramsey. I think you have to at least for a little bit get it established. But those guys are both solid wide receivers. Easily, they, I mean, T. Higgins could potentially be a wide receiver one on some teams in the NFL, depending on obviously who their one is currently. But and Tyler Boyd's a solid two that's playing as their third best receiver. So. No, yeah, we, we saw Boyd when matchup. we saw last year before Chase came about. We saw Higgins and Boyd both putting up really nice numbers uh, last year with the Bengals. Granted, they weren't winning any games, but they did show that Higgins, Higgins did show that he can function as a number one. Boyd yep. showed mul- for multiple years that he can function as a number two. So I I really think it's going to come down to potentially. I guess going back to the first question, kind of merging these two questions can burrow make quick enough decisions can he make those you know quick enough decisions when he sees that pass rush and makes the and and can make the precise read in in combination with the precise accurate throw and you know i I go to i was i was actually listening to a, a coach o interview this uh earlier today and they were talking about Burns. Oh, man. oh, you know, uh, Joe Burrow. Yeah, uh, he's one of the, one of the smartest players I've ever recruited. Pro- probably the smartest. Uh, probably the smartest player I've ever recruited. You know, his decision making is just absolutely, absolutely off the charts. And uh, you know, there's nobody that I have a little any more confidence in than than I do have in in Mr. Joe Burrow. So. I- you, you didn't know, have he, enough uh, gravel in your mouth there. <laughs> yeah, I should have. I should have started uh, choking myself out before I started that one. Uh, but but uh, you know, I and and Coach O also he was a defensive coordinator for those USC teams that were dominant in the mid two thousands. So he's seen it all. From you know, he was he was he was that DC for that Matt Liner Reggie Bush team. So he's got you know, uh, that, that kind of experience where 20, really two decades of experience where he's saying that Joe Burrow is the, is the smartest player he's ever coached. That's huge praise. And so I think there's a chance. I mean, that's what it's going to come down to is can Joe Burrow see where this pressure is going to come from, see what the coverage is pre-play and then post-play make the right throw and if they adjust their coverage mid-play, which they're going to do, be able to adjust himself. And he's, you know, he's he's only a second-year player, but he seems to be able to handle it. We'll see. We'll see. I, at least right now, I would assume, or I, I feel like he can handle it. But if he can't, it's going to be a rough day for Cincy. Yeah. Somebody that's going to be lined up opposite Burrow, too, that's kind of a nice story is Eric Weddle coming out of retirement to join this Los Angeles Rams team for the playoff run, and it's going to be getting to play for a Super Bowl, so it's pretty uh, pretty exciting. Well, he's already said that, yeah, after this game, he's going directly back into retirement. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so he's getting his, you know, he's getting his short little, uh, you know, four or five week stint of football back in and and trying to win that ring. I can't blame him. I'd do the same. If, if yeah. the Rams came calling and I was still in shape, like, hell oh, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'll go, I'll go play for six weeks and go for a ring. And if not, I got, I got a few, I got a few weeks of a paycheck. So at the very least, right. And no, he said, he's going to go straight back into, into retirement after this game. And, and if regardless win or loss, but you know, he wasn't, he was a five time all pro five-time pro bowler as well it's kind of weird how though like he was a pro bowler in three years where he wasn't an all pro so that just kind of shows that just kind of proves how much of a sham the pro bowl is in the voting system <laughs> like you're an all pro but not a pro bowler but he's so all pro is really what that's really what matters so he, a five-time all pro that means you're a uh, I believe it was a two-time first team, 
three-time second-team All-Pro. So five times he's been a top-two safety in the league. That's pretty damn impressive. Spent most of his time with San Diego at the time, the San Diego Chargers, and then spent uh, his last three years before this season with Baltimore. If he wins this game, I think he, he was already into Hall of Fame consideration. But if he wins this game, I don't, I mean, you know, does that put him into the Hall? Because the NFL Hall of Fame is kind of lenient if we're being if we're being honest yeah they let they, they tend to let in more people than like the mlb hall of fame yeah i i feel like he would be like you said five-time all pro and had sweet career numbers i don't have them directly in front of me right now but no he's been one of the top safeties in the nfl for the last what i don't know 10 12 years and something yeah like you said that's San Diego's defense was, he was probably one of the most feared players on that defense was, you didn't want to get, <laughs> have a ball down the middle and have Eric Weddle coming he, up yeah, to lay he out. He light you up too. Yes. So, no, I I mean, it obviously is not going to hurt his case if he wins a Super Bowl, but I'd say, I'd probably say he'd be into the Hall of Fame. In the, into that discussion, yeah. I had one other, okay, so I got one other Rams topic before we dive into our, you know, one final topic, uh, just going and visiting. Well, this will actually kind of be a nice transition into our final topic. Um, What do you think? Why don't don't we do a little bit more of a uh, a revisiting into the Goff-McVay drama that ultimately led to (laughs) this Stafford trade? It kind of feels like, so it felt like before this trade and kind of, you know, especially late last season that McVay was, you know, he was, this was at the time when McVay was finally, he was saying, he was saying publicly, like, I'm done with Goff. Not saying it that directly, but kind of, I mean, he, cause he always will take blame if players screw up. He's like, oh yeah, you know what? I didn't, I didn't, I didn't scheme that right. I didn't, you know, I, I, us as coaches could have done a better job preparing for him. No, but at probably like week 10 ish, I don't have the exact timeline, but he started, he started naming Goff by name or saying our quarterback needs to play better. And so that's, you know, tensions got really, really tight. And, you know, I really feel like the finishing touch on Goff's career with the Rams was in week 16 and they lost to the Jets. <laughs> 23 to 20. They lost to the Jets. And that team that team's way too good to lose to the second worst team in the NFL, according to record last year. Yeah, so you, you obviously can't lose to the Jets. And then the and then the next week, in in week 17, uh, you know, this is again, remember, this is only a 17-week schedule last year. So this was the six this was the 16th game of the year. Uh, they got creamed by Seattle. They lost 20 to nine. So three field goals, no touchdowns. They ended up finishing the regular season 10 and six. They were 10 and four going into that Jets game. They finished 10 and six. Not really acceptable. Goff, they, you know, there were rumors that Goff was hurt and they started John Wofford <laughs> again. What, what, what's his name? John Wofford? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Started him uh, week one of the playoffs, that wild card weekend. Uh, God, I mean, imagine getting replaced by that, by Wake Forest walk-on quarterback. and John uh, Wofford Terriers? (laughs) It might as well be. And, uh, yeah, so Wofford ended up getting hurt pretty early on. Goff came back in, and they did win. Uh, They actually beat Seattle, so they played them back-to-back weeks ended up beating Seattle with Goff, but then the but then the following week they got smoked by 14 against Green Bay and that was that was the end of Goff's run and and I get it. I mean McVay's out there, he wants to win a title. The owner wants to be in Super Bowl contention knowing that the Super Bowl is coming to his stadium the next year and obviously the you know the the move for Stafford worked out, but the but the fun part is about how this whole thing transpired. And this is a story that Jay Glazer has told before. So Sean McVay and Andrew Whitworth were down in Cabo 
Whitworth gives Jay Glazer a call and says, hey, man, come on down. Glazer says, eh, I don't want to. And he's like, dude, what's holding you back? We're down in Cabo. Just come on down. How damn nice must it be to, like, have that kind of money to just <laughs> go down to Cabo, on, like, you know, on a whim? But, uh, you know, what, what a luxury that would be. But uh, so, the, so those three guys meet up, uh, Glazer, Stafford, Whitworth, the, just to, you know, hang out is, this is Jay Glazer's story. So apparently just to hang out. Matt Stafford ends up checking into their hotel in Cabo at the same time that those three guys are in the lobby. And this is apparently a coincidental thing. McVeigh and Stafford get talking. You know, they fall in love. I don't know if one of them, you know, I don't know if Stafford ended up going up to McVeigh's room. I don't know. Not going to speculate there. But, uh, you know, again, they, they apparently fell in love with each other and, and that was enough to make a deal. So pretty, pretty wild story about how kind of how everything happened there with, with, uh, how they ended up saying, you know, locking in on Stafford. And the other thing too, if you remember Shanahan publicly said that they were looking to trade for Stafford as well. And... And, and and apparently, you know, the the Rams just made the be- must have just made the better deal with Detroit. Detroit also their uh, GM no has has strong ties with McVay and with that Rams organization. So you know somebody who knows somebody, and you can get shit done a little bit easier too that way. But pretty 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 strong deal. Just a just a kind of a fun little story there. Yeah. No, and it obviously the Rams would not be where they are playing for the Super Bowl if Jared Goff was still their quarterback. It's a night and day difference between Stafford's offense with the Rams versus Goff's. And without Stafford coming there, probably not getting trading for Von Miller this year. Odell Beckham Jr. is probably not signing there either. So those guys coming in are because yeah, Stafford was there. Odell's so. not out here to play with Goff. No. He would have he would have <laughs> he would have loved to accept the the veteran minimum. From the Packers, if Goff was still there, I'm sure. <laughs> yes. So the Rams know with all of the first-round picks that they keep trading away for guys and all these top picks, their window's closing a little bit. So they know that they needed to make a move, and Goff just wasn't doing it. You didn't see their offense take that next step. And everybody knew Stafford's talent was there. It's just whether he could stay healthy for a full season and – be able to play healthy because he is really tough, but he'd play through some injuries that you could tell he just wasn't right. The offense wasn't clicking with the Lions, and it's relatively healthy for the most part this year, and look what he was able to do with that offense. Cooper Cup had his best year of his career. Odell Beckham's rejuvenated his career, and this is all without Cam Akers. This is a Sony Michelle, Daryl Henderson running game. Could you imagine if Akers was healthy with the run that he had towards the end of the season last year? This offense would be just insane. And he's showing that he's really getting it done, uh, like, now with being being that featured back. And he's going to be the featured back in this game just like he was last year. Michelle was a great fill-in that they desperately needed, especially with Henderson going down. Henderson was strong to start off the season. I mean, he, he you know, he was a fine fill-in, but... Michelle's been better than Henderson and Akers has been better than Michelle. So it's, they're pretty, they're, I mean, there's no replacing what there's, nece- I, I wouldn't say there's necessarily any way to replace what Gurley was back when Gurley was in his prime, but with their, between the three backs that they've, uh, between the three backs that they've brought or that they've kind of the three back committee, over this season, they've been able to kind of replace Gurley's production. All right, Joe, you've got one more topic you wanted to discuss before we move into the PGA? Yeah, I just wanted to see, you know, for you, between these two quarterbacks, Stafford and Burrow, who has the edge? Who would you rather have just for this game? Not going forward, but just for this game between Stafford and Joe Burrow. Man, that is extremely tough both guys obviously first time in the super bowl first super bowl appearance 
both have solid weapons on offense to throw the ball to. Both have solid running backs. <laughs> I guess in this one, I would probably lean more Stafford, I think, just because that O-line scares me a lot with Cincinnati that we haven't really seen a ton of Burrow magic, I guess, when he's been getting destroyed. That Tennessee game, yeah, but I don't know. It's it's going to be tough. And then you've got Jalen Ramsey there too. So Cincinnati's defense is still pretty solid, but I, I think I lean Stafford more. He's got that nice safety blanket with Cooper Cup and – Obviously, Odell has turned his career around since he's come over to the Rams. So I I think I'd lean more Stafford, but I think at the end of the day, their stat lines are going to be pretty similar. I don't foresee one having just a huge game and the other one throwing three picks, no touchdowns. So I think we're both both guys are probably going to be around that two to three touchdown mark and maybe one interception. Yeah, I think... I just feel like I agree that like I like Stafford's surrounding, you know, just his entire having a better. I would say, I mean, there's no argument that since he has a better organization as a whole. I mean, they've got the you've got the poorest owner in Cincinnati versus probably Stan Kroenke's probably the richest owner in the NFL. I, there's no argument that McVay's a worse coach. There's you can make the argument about the about the different weapons that you know between the two teams, but both are both are stacked between Cup, Odell, Van Jefferson versus uh, versus Chase Higgins and Boyd and Tyler Boyd. I just think, man, it, and and Stafford obviously. So I think Stafford overall has a better surrounding cast, just because better coach, better offensive line. Pretty similar on you know when it comes to the skill position, but I think Burrow just has that it factor, man. I mean, over the last three years, Heisman winner, national champion, and now the first he has got he's the first quarterback to ever have both those. And or this, if he wins this game, he would be the first player in football history to win a college national championship, a Heisman nice. Trophy, and a Super Bowl. Yep. And a Super Bowl. To be able to do that just within three years of each other, and one of those years was basically occupied with an ACL, with a completely torn ACL and MCL, this is insane. I just kind of feel like Joe Burrow's got it. And I'm not saying that I think Cincinnati's going to win, but I, I think I I just, I'm, I think I'm obsessed with Burrow here. And... You can make the argument that Burrow is the best. I mean, he's top two, three quarterback in the league if he wins this game. I don't think you make that same argument if Stafford wins this game. So I think you can make the argument with Burrow regardless. But I think the advantage for me, I take Joe Burrow. I I go advantage Burrow. Yeah, well, and it's crazy, too, to the fact that Cincinnati had the number one pick in the draft two years ago, drafted Burrow, and now they're playing for a two Lombardi years trophy. ago. What a turnaround. That's insane. <laughs> We've never seen that. This no. is, I believe he's the first quarterback to ever make the Super Bowl as a number one overall pick that with the team that drafted him as yeah. well. That's <laughs> insane. That's also why the, you know, tanking for the first pick clearly isn't the answer. No. <laughs> tanking in, in the NFL is just stupid. Yeah. All right, Joe. Anything else from this one before we jump over to golf? Let's uh, let's let's kick it around in the in the golf action. <laughs> All right. <laughs> there you go again with that uh, driver. That it sounded driver better the on deck. the podcast than I thought. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'll give you that. <laughs> again, if you're looking for our Super Bowl picks, that will be on tomorrow's episode. Have that for you, but. I have been looking forward to this. I'd mentioned it during our previous recordings earlier this week. This is my favorite tournament of the year outside of the Masters. Waste Management Open and TPC Scottsdale. This tournament is the biggest golf tournament of the season. 
usually pull in over 160,000 guests during the week. And so awesome. It's back to full capacity this year. Saw some practice round videos today. 16s absolutely hop in. For those of you that don't know, they literally build a stadium around this par 3. And it is the rowdiest hole in all of golf. People sprint as soon as the gates open so that way they can go get seats there. People are drinking pops all day out there yelling at golfers. And it's, Well, that's the best part is it's that awesome. it's, it's open seating. So people will like, you know, you know, it's not like you have a ticket to section A row yeah. to, you know, seat 10. It's open seating. So it's just like a fucking melee to, you know, to, to get the best, try to get the best seat in the house on that, on that course or on that hole. Yep. And it's arguably my four favorite finishing holes in golf too. You've got 15 that is a nice long par five that is reachable in two. However, there's water right in front of the green. So on your second shot, you've got to carry the water to get onto the green. Then you come in through the tunnel, the 16 to just this Rosh's loud crowd that's going to boo you if you don't get it close to the hole. Then after you get done with that hole, you've got a nice short drivable par 4, 17. However, there's water on the left side and back left side, so you have to be careful on that shot. And then 18 is a relatively easy par 4, but there's water that you have to hit over and church pew bunkers that are lining the left side. So it is just absolutely iconic. There's usually quite a few golfers, big names that are playing in it. This year, notables that are in it, Brooks Kepka, who was last year's winner, Victor Hovland, Jordan Spieth, Xander Shoffley, Cooch, Hideki Matsuyama, <laughs> Patrick Cantley, Justin Thomas, John Rahm, Ricky Fowler, Tony Finau, Harold Varner III, who won last week over in Saudi Arabia, and Bubba Watson. So just an absolutely loaded field, and it's a yeah, blast. I mean, the, the, you know, that entire back nine is is amazing. Like, 11, you've got water lining the entire left side. 12, again, they're coming on the other side of that lake. It's lining the entire left side. Like I said, 15, again, that entire left side is just lined with water. 16, grandstands. You got to make sure that you have to, we have to, at least now, now with full capacity crowds on 16, and knowing that those grandstands are going to be 100% full, got to have at least one ace this tournament so that on, on that par three so that we can hear that crowd because it's going to be insane yeah it's and then, been and then 17 you know 17 that. like you said it's it's a drivable par four but you're coming off that adrenaline of 16 and if you go left or long of that green you got water there again too so and and, and you're coming off that adrenaline from 16 and hearing that crowd and you can still obviously hear that crowd from the grandstands when you're on 17 i mean that tee box is 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 right next to is right next to that crowd so it's it's pretty wild seven so yeah you got 17 there and then yeah 18 i mean like you said driving over water and then and then once you get past the water you still got more water to the left so that whole back nine is intense yeah no like i said it's it's just the perfect weekend for me have it on the whole week just tuning into it and then of course just as soon as the coverage starts on sunday tuned into that and then it runs right into the super bowl so just absolutely perfect sunday for it's the it's for me. it's amazing <laughs> yeah it's incredible <laughs> all right well gel you did take the lead last week after Yeep. the pebble beach you are up by two shots currently for those of you that are just tuning in every week starting with the uh, century tournament of champions Jell and I pick a golfer, and whatever score that golfer finishes at, we're just kind of keeping a running total. Once you use that golfer, you cannot use them again. So kind of playing strategy with this, and you can't pick the same golfer as somebody else during the week. Whoever is losing heading into the tournament gets their first pick of golfers. So that is me for the first time this year. I have the first pick, and... 
I'm going with a big name gel. This is somebody that just absolutely does phenomenal work at this tournament, is a two-time winner of this tournament. I know who it is. This is the reigning Masters champion, Hideki Matsuyama. He is somebody that just absolutely loves this course. He, I don't believe, has missed a cut in his time here. So he's currently the FedEx Cup points leader. So I'm burning a big name here, but he's somebody that... I know he's going to get me a solid score at the end of the day and have me uh, give me a good chance to uh, take that lead back from you. Well, I'm going to go with a big name myself here. Five straight top 20 finishes, three top three finishes in those uh, in the last five uh, attorneys as well. Finished last year with seven top tens. Played played in this tournament. This will be his eighth time. Finished third in 20, 2019, and in 2020, Justin Thomas. Nice. I feel like he's going to just love that crowd. He's going to love the environment. He's had, again, he's had success here, finishing top three in, in 2019 and 2020. And I, I can see that. I can see that momentum continuing. He's played really well this year so far. And... I, I see that. I see that again. I love. I love. You got to throw out the big names here when you got yes. a tournament like this. And yep. uh, you know, I, I saw. I saw a stat too as well uh, in terms of some of these some gambling odds. The last winner or the last outright winner that's had odds above plus five thousand was in twenty thirteen. So for those that are less into gambling, that basically means. You're probably outside the top twenty amongst the favorites. Uh, if you're if you're if you're in that you know beyond plus five thousand for your for your winning odds. So it's it's been mostly big names, a few you know a few guys that you may not have heard of, you know that are within that plus five thousand. You know, not it's not all just loaded with the big names, but you know it. A lot of these small, you know, smaller guys or your lesser known guys don't end up winning in this champ in this tournament, especially because I think it's pretty easy to whittle down when you know how raucous this crowd is yeah. and how loaded this crowd is. And it's just it's just fans to your left, to your right behind you and in front of you the entire time. And if you're not used to that, if you're not used to that publicity that and if you're not a big name player. You may not be used to it, and that's when you can kind of crumble. So, tends to be these big names end up winning, and can't fault you there with your Matsuyama pick and Justin Thomas. I think Justin Thomas is going to do, you know, he's going to be really strong this this week. Yeah, no, like you had touched on, this is pretty much as close of a major atmosphere as you can get for a non-major tournament, and arguably, it's. I mean, it's a heck of a lot louder. The majors, you have to be quiet the whole time, and this is for the sure. one tournament that, yeah. For the most part of it, the 17 other holes besides 16 are relatively quiet, your normal golf setting, but there's just so many people there. It is not as quiet as a normal golf tournament. They're packed in. This course is really compact, so it's it's a blast, and hopefully I mean, you, one day we guys can get like, out there. You know, you've seen guys like uh, Angel Cabrera win the Masters. How do you think Angel Cabrera is going to do when it's a, when you've got this kind of a crowd? Not even close, and he's not a great, he's not, you know, has never been really amongst the top players in the world before, uh, you know, amongst the super duper top, but point being, this is a crowd, you know, having this crowd here, if you're a player that isn't used to that kind of publicity, that's when you can, that's when you can struggle. All right. Well, we'll see how those picks do. Again, we'll be back tomorrow. We've got a fun show for you. A couple more news items. Going to dive into some of our personal favorite Super Bowl memories and then have some fun prop bets that uh, Joe and I are going to put a little uh, beer chug wager down for. So run through those and maybe help you make some decisions if you're throwing any uh, cash down or in any fun non-for-cash pools with prop bets. So we'll get into those tomorrow. But we can be found at Dead Arm Sports, Twitter, Instagram. Check us out on Facebook at Dead Arm Sports. 
I can be found at DosJPEC. Gel can be found at DosGel. Subscribe, rate, and review our podcast on your favorite listening platform. Send us a screenshot of that review. Get you some sticker swag sent out in the mail. As always, send us in any questions, comments, concerns, show ideas, or segment ideas that you have for the show. More than happy to take a look, and we'll respond back to you if you need something quick. Otherwise, we'll throw your question onto the show, and you can hear us answer it uh, when our podcast comes out and Jell, speaking of when our podcast comes out, where will uh, it come out on what uh, platforms? <laughs> Nicely done. <laughs> our our uh, presenting sponsor, Anchor, uh, both on a web browser, anchor.fm, and on the Anchor app, both, ava- on, uh, both available on Apple App Store and Google, the Google Play Store. They allow us to do all of our editing, all of our publishing for free on to apple Podcasts, spotify iHeartRadio, and google pods uh we can actually go into our you know the anchor app and see is where our li- where our audience is listening so whether that's spotify anchor iheart google pretty cool you know pretty cool feature there for for us as recorders to see where our uh where our listeners are listening what platform and where they're listening from. I mean, we, we've seen that we have international listeners as well. So a lot of really cool, cool features on on this site or on this on this platform. But again, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Google Pods, whatever your chosen listening platform is, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Take a screenshot of that written review. Send it to us at Dead Arm Sports, at DosGel, at DosJPEC on Twitter, or at dead arm sports on instagram or just search dead arm sports on facebook send us that written review we'll get you some dead arm swag alicious action again appreciate everybody listening hopefully you enjoyed the show our little super bowl preview along with our golf preview and have a great uh rest of your thursday we'll be back with you tomorrow on friday to get you into the weekend and have some fun it's uh, friday exciting stuff friday for <laughs> gotta get down on friday well, that'll be cool. for tomorrow yes <laughs> close us out chill time to scat alley cat <laughs>